Hello and welcome to Mediums in Action with me, Martin Lip Wilson, and my good friend and expert medium, Ian Doherty. Hello, Martin. It's nice to chat to you again. I hope you've been keeping well and, more importantly, out of uh, trouble. How has uh, how has your week been? Been a weird week, Ian. Uh, had uh, some really strange tapping noises, like um, metal. Sounds almost like a metal sheet being tapped. Tap 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 tap. And it's woke me up out of my sleep. Now I'm a heavy sleeper. Um, yeah. So if I thought I, I literally fall asleep within five minutes, <laughs> I'm kind of lay down, boom, and, and I'm I'm a log for the rest of the night. But uh, <laughs> a couple of times this week, uh, and it, and I've had this sound, very very clear sound, and it sounds like thin metal, very thin sort of sheet metal type, and it sounds like tapping. Now we've got nothing in the house that's sheet metal or anything like that, and it's so I heard it uh, the other night, and my wife got up. And she didn't know I was awake listening. So I, I kept quiet while she was walking around because I thought, I'm, I'm going to see if it happens again. Yeah. It didn't happen. As soon as she got into bed, tap, 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 tap. It was there again. And I said, I said it's definitely, you know, it's something in this house. It's some tapping somewhere. So, yeah, we're just weird experiences like that. It's, um, I, are you having similar activity at the moment? Yes, um, I'm having noises uh, in the bedroom. I'm having noises in the art studio. They sound like rustling because I thought I thought one of the cats brought a mouse in or something. Um, but it didn't make sense. And then even even on asking that question, I had it right next to me to say, no, it's this, you know, and then... Um, there's sort of like furtive movement, you know, you imagine a cat or something, because I do have four, but they went in the bedroom and yeah, I'm hearing them jumping around, or hearing what I believe was a cat jumping around. And then I have a big blinding flash of light, you know, it's, imagine a darkened room and then you've got your, you've got your smartphone and suddenly you take a flash. You know how bright that is, that is what it looks like, but it's pinpointed in one direction only, flash and then gone. There's no noise, there's no... There's no other than it's just, you know, as if, uh, I mean, I put it as maybe an energy discharger or that type of thing, you know, may, I don't mean static as in uh, as in the scientific laws that are in our world, you know, where you're looking at, uh, you know, you can rub a balloon on your head right, and on that gets static. This was just, you know, it was an intense bright light like, uh, you know, we used to have on, on, on our paranormal events, didn't we? You know, yeah, but uh, was it was it like the Galleries of Justice one? Do you remember yes. that one? Where it, went, pop, 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 it, it was. It wasn't multiples. It was that bright, but it was just the one. Oof. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it was that. It was that bright. It was pure white because normally we get the sort of the light blue nimbus, don't we? Yeah. But this one was very, very bright white. You know, and actually, it, uh, I had to close my eyes. I thought I can't see. You oh, know. Bizarre. Bizarre. It was really strange that with the white lights that we used to experience, because um, I think I think you'd been with us at least two or three years by then. And yeah. then this phenomena kind of came in. It kind of it, it suddenly started happening, happening. And what was interesting from my perspective is that there was different uh, mediums going to different locations. And obviously, I think this was sort of very early Facebook days, so yeah. not everybody was communicating but I would get communications from Paul or I'd get communications from uh, somebody else or, or yourself saying, oh, we've started having these flashing, flashing lights. Yeah. So it was like, oh, what's going off here? What's starting here? And, and you had the ones in Warwick and obviously the ones that we, that myself and you, when we were in the yes. chapel yes. at the Galleries of Justice. And yeah, it, it almost looked like a ball of light kind of flashing, kind of, popping up popping almost above above that guy's head that poor yeah. guy's head because so. well, no, we, yeah, we, we, it was a it's a very enclosed area we had a large group so we stood 
almost facing each other. And we thought he'd had one of those, you know, detachable cam, you know, the 35 mm. mil, sometimes there's a detachable camera unit, flash unit, sorry. And we thought it was that, because he was just going, it started from maybe around his chest height and went up up above me, and we put a torch on, made him enter his pockets. You know, there was mate. nothing, was there? There was no. absolutely nothing that could have caused that. And I think also as well is, if I remember correctly, we worked out that the final height where we saw it, yeah. it was way beyond how he could have stretched as well. Yes. Because um, yeah. I, I mean, I was practically, I think I was stood about three feet away from that guy, mm-hmm. and I didn't see any arm, I didn't see anything nope. at all, and it's yet yeah, it seemed to pop and light up the chapel as it went up. Yeah. And, uh, it, is. it was it was like a having your flash set to multiple burst, you know, burst and boom, boom, boom. You know, it didn't make a noise. That's just me doing for trying to help people understand. But it was like mm. boom, 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 you know, flash, 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 flash. You it's know? really bizarre, really bizarre. I mean, I mean, it's it's interesting as mediums and investigators that you have multiple cases. And, and I, I always remember that one where you, I think this was uh, not, not too long ago, but uh, a young child was having experiences. I think if I remember correctly, you told me that his mother thought, that he was possibly mediumistic or or something. Yeah. So you went out to investigate that he was yeah. seen. A, I think it was a figure in his bedroom or near his curtains. Yeah, there was. He was. Um, I do feel he was uh, mediumistic. Obviously, I won't give any uh, any names because I've not had time to ask them. But he was. He was. Uh, he was at the age where you know the mind can play a very active part. You know, we we all have it. You know, we watched that horror film, then we rushed up the stairs in case somebody's chasing us, or we go in the toilet in the middle of the night along that long corridor that seems to never end. Are we going to get back without getting snapped up? You know, and he was. He was a little bit. There's something here, there's something here, you know. And we sat down, logical. Um, you know, his uh, mum said he's quite logical minded as well. We do think he's, we do think he's also got mediumistic abilities because she's a medium. I uh, sat down with him and he said, There it is, there it is. And I thought, Ah, okay, I know what it is. It's not just a case of me telling him, we had to show it and him to witness it. So I, uh, I said to him, I said, Look, what it is, is cars coming along the road, because where his house is, it faced the road. I said, and it's camera, sorry, it's it's the lights of the cars coming in. As they turn the bend of the road, it goes straight to your window, and then it moves along the wall, and it casts shadows in the room. So he said, no, no, it's not. I said, I tell you what, let's sit here, and we'll wait for the car. So he said, go on then, you know, because it paid to his, to his logicality. Yeah. He said, right, there's a car coming, you see it? He said, yeah, let's sit down here, let's watch that wall. And as the car came past, boom, boom, boom. And he, and he sort of looked at me and went, is that it? He said, yeah. He said, so there's no monster? He said, no, mate, there isn't. So he was he was happy because he has witnessed it, he has worked it out alongside me, you know, and it's evidenced it. So we know it's now it's not the monster that's living under the bed. It's very much the case of it's car lights, and your imagination coupled with sensitivities that make two and two six, you know, yeah. part of yeah. the fight or flight, isn't it, really? Yeah, I always remember when uh, we went to uh, Plesley Vale Mills, which was a really interesting built place. I mean, it oh, was uh, on the outskirts of Mansfield. It, it was a um, converted uh, cotton mills and uh, a lot of it had become offices. And, and I always remember turning up one day and there was a not- notice board and I think I, I think her name was Sue, and she'd put um, your your orb photographs. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, she'd printed them all off that had been emailed where people had come to, and it was interesting. And I said to her, if you, have, if you look at these orb photographs, 
have you ever noticed that the ones that are outside are more see-through and the ones that are inside have got colour or they're kind of thicker? Yeah. And she said, yeah, that's really weird. Do you think the outside ones are evil? I said, no, the outside ones are mist and the ones inside are dust and also fabric. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the thing. As as, as even as mediums, you, you've got to... You've got to have a really open mind. And I mean, I always remember this case that I investigated, and this was, I'm trying to think now, it must be 20 odd years ago easily. But I had a, a young couple contact me. They'd moved into a new house on the outskirts of, of Sheffield. They were telling me that uh, one night uh, they had a bunch of friends around, and her husband, uh, Bob, uh, was sat on the chair corner. He started making jokes about his wife. And his friends were laughing and, and she was laughing along as well. They were just having a, you know, a bit of banter between them all. When all of a sudden the door slammed and he was pushed off the chair. He literally went flying, went down onto the floor. And then their children started saying that there was a man with a beard upstairs and he was stood next to an old wardrobe. And they believed that he was an old sailor. Yes. So And all this stuff was happening and... and they asked me to come and investigate and it turned out that actually they were semi-detached i i did a couple of vigils there there was no doubt there was, there was it did feel like there was energy there but i couldn't really work out what it was at that time but a lot of the sounds were oh i can hear his footsteps he's coming closer and it was obvious that the noise was actually the next door neighbors coming up the stairs but because it was quiet because they'd actually turned all the television off, turned the TV off, turned everything off and were sat quiet, they could hear next door neighbours noises uh, a lot easier. So yeah. suddenly what, something that's always there that they usually ignore that they've got the TV on and or might not hear it. Suddenly it was it was a man, uh, an old sailor walking around. Now Sheffield's nowhere near any sea or, <laughs> or anything. So that was weird. And uh, and I said, well, I mean, the best thing to do is I, and, and I, what I used to do is do some research on the house. And I, I used to say to them, look, if, if it helps you, you know, call out a name and say, look, Bob, please stop doing that. Um, it's upsetting us. Or please stop doing that. It's upsetting us because sometimes spirits trying to communicate and and, you know, people can misunderstand it. And that used to work a lot. I used to I used to provide a list of previous inhabitants of the house and say, look, if, if you get upset uh, and something's happening, then, you know, say, go through these names and let's find out what's going off. And it was about three months later that they contacted me and they said, oh, we've worked out what, what was doing it. Uh, and it's still going ballistic. And I said, what is it? She said, I've got a demon trapped in my ring. <laughs> I said, what? And she said, yeah. She said, I've got an onyx wing, ring that Bob bought me and I need you to come over and look at it. So so I went over and she got this onyx ring. Now in Sheffield, onyx is seen as bad luck. Okay. Uh, so there's and two things in Sheffield that are bad luck. Birds, you can't have birds on any pictures or plates or anything. It's seriously bad luck. And I think it's a throwback of the mining times. Yeah. That yeah. you know the canary, if the canary That's died, yeah. then yeah. you know that there was serious gas or, or methane in the mines and you need to get out. So in Sheffield birds are really bad luck and the second thing is onyx is, is onyx is seen as a bad stone so she already had that folklore and she said look if you look carefully you can see a horned uh, little man uh, like a devil in in this ring and since bob bought me this we've just got nothing but activity which is nonsense because i, I knew that they had they'd had activity yeah. long before that ring 
but again it was a psychological thing so i said well the best thing to do is either sell the ring or destroy it and what they did is took it to a scrap <laughs> listen to this for overkill yeah. took it to one of them big machines that crushes scrap yeah. and threw it and threw it in there and the relief on their faces when they did that was amazing and they never had any activity again now was it the ring no it wasn't no, but it was back to the activity before they became heightened every noise every sound every movement every uh, uh, their houses hadn't been modernized so there was a lot of um, uh, ambient air temperature moving it, it was bizarre and it's amazing how people can really get themselves worked up into a particular a particular situation and, and i think their house did have a spirit there it was very friendly and it was just trying to make itself known but not in the right way <laughs> you know it is you know and like i say there's something i think that we've both talked about privately as well as i'm on the podcast you know people who go on these paranormal events they become more heightened naturally so when they're going home they're more aware of what might be there as in a family member and therefore they think they got somebody that's followed them oh we've got that roman soldier from whatever who's followed me home what would he want to come on watch you watching coronation street for you know it is so it's it's people's um, if I say ignorance, I don't mean to say that people are ignorant. It's just lack of understanding of what else it could be. And that's what I, I do believe our podcasts do. You know, they they help people question. They see us talking, the mediums talking in a scientific, a non-religious way and trying to understand and, and make, you know, sort of give a plausible alternative, if not de facto, of what it actually is. You do make a really good point there. And, and I mean, we took hundreds of thousands of people on ghost hunts around the country. And that, that they, We only had a handful of people who claimed that they'd taken uh, something home, that a spirit had come home with them. Yeah. And when actually we talked to all of them, it became very, very apparent that before they'd been on an event, they'd had mediumistic or ghost experiences before. Yeah, definitely. And, and actually... I think out of the handful, three of those have actually gone on to do mediumship courses and, and understand what was going off. The yes. other three, when we talked to them and said, well, actually, do you realize that you're just more aware of it? The, the whole purpose of a ghost hunt when we're doing the ghost hunt is we tell you to sit quiet. We tell you to be observant, to be aware of how you feel, how you're emotions feel. Are you hot? Are you cold? How do you feel in one room? Do you feel happy in another room? Do you, and or do you, if you stand on one side how you know rule out the psychological i yeah. said and what you've done is you've gone home and you've still got that information so when you're when you stand in your bathroom you're suddenly aware of of possibly ghost energy a recording energy you're possibly aware of something that may be happened there and, and one case that we did deal with was a, a woman who she went on one of our events the next day she was brushing her teeth and she felt very uneasy in the room where she was and i said well where do you live she said oh it's a converted cotton mill and i said oh right i said and uh, where would it have been and, and she she was actually where uh, she looked she actually got the old maps and old layouts of the cotton mill in manchester and it turned out she was actually in what looked like a day room where uh, young children were kind of kept in there and they would go out and they would have to fetch the the needles the big long me uh, wooden this. needles yeah. and and a lot of those children lost fingers they got their hair caught up in the um, in the weave and oh, it, it was a horrendous so yeah. you can imagine the sense of nervousness that could have been possibly recorded in that area yeah. and when she became sensitized 
by being by going on a ghost hunt and being aware of how to observe when she went home she suddenly realized actually it doesn't feel great in in my bathroom but again talking to her we said well look just don't concentrate on it don't feel about it it's a recording it's not spirit it's and and she was fine absolutely fine you know she she knew it was just a piece of history that she was sensing yeah that's it though you know it's it's having that background information that 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 understanding of what else it is um, I think that's a valuable thing for all for all of us to think about and take and and take away. People say to me, "Do her spirit, our family, do the only only communicators when our dreams?" I said, "No, your mind's too active during the day, so they're still talking to you. Hello, how are you? And you and you're not listening. Well, you you're just not hearing because the thought wave is being uh, attenuated. It's being basically uh, with all the brains, all the electrical activity going on in your on in your brain." It just stopped the signal for you know the thought wave of reaching the thalamus and being decoded in a normal way. So you need to quiet the mind and you will and you will and you will hear them. You know so that's why they come at come at come at night time because the brain's less you know your your mm. cognitive self is less active. You know absolutely absolutely. So what's the weirdest case that you've investigated? What what's the have you ever experienced uh, weird paranormal activity on on one yeah. of the cases that you went to investigate? One, one I went to, which again I won't mention location or place. It wasn't a poltergeist, you know. Although it can be, you know, you could class it loosely as. I had a phone call from this lady, and she's very, very distraught. She had one of my business cards, and uh, she was abroad. You know, she was a Scottish lady, so she was crying down the phone. And I'm, I'm, I'm not being rude to any Scottish people here. Uh, bless you. Um, her accent was very, very strong, and I couldn't understand. So I had to, I, I had to ask her to calm down, uh, tell me what's going on. She told me where she was, so I said, okay. I went there thinking, what the hell's going on? And she said, oh. This sort of thing's been happening all the time. Whenever I move, it's with me. So I thought straight away, well, that's got to be a family member then. You know what I mean? Because wherever you go, your family in spirit wants to wants to say hello. And I walked in and I wasn't prepared for what I saw. I thought to myself, what the hell is this? There was three big gouge marks all the way down in the plaster, all the way down a, uh, on the wall of a staircase. One of these large... Uh, black ash metal candelabra, you know, for holding the really big, you know, 18 inch candles, you know, there was one of them thrown on the, on the floor. I looked up these stairs. It's one of these where you come in, you're straight in the, you're straight into the front room and you've got a little stairs that goes up to the bedrooms. And I, uh, and I looked at the bottom of the stairs and I asked her if this lady, if I could go up, you know, so I walked up the stairs. There's like a dresser on the, uh, on the landing, like a cupboard or whatever. And the candles were balanced on their, t- or no, on their tips with their, their big base pointing up. And I thought, that's, I thought that's a good trick. There's one of these little blowfish, you know, like, you know, you get these, these glass ornaments where they're obviously blowed and they're coloured green and red and yeah. all that. One of them balanced on the tip, and I thought, that's weird. So I put it, I put it the right way round to put the candles the right way round, and I, and then I, and then I looked back, and the fish was back on its end again. So I put it back. And said, Look, stop messing me about. And this woman said, oh, what's happening? Said, said, Darling, it's fine. I'm just talking out loud, you know, um, and all of this. And I says, look, I said, I know within your house. I don't want you to think I'm trying anything on. Just walk to the bottom of the stairs. I don't want to. It's scared. I said, look, it's fine. Uh, and I was very much aware at that time that there was, there was a person, a man, sat, you know, in her bedroom. So I said, look, 
am I allowed to open your bedroom door? I said, I don't want to cause embarrassment to you and I don't want you to think I'm trying to get you in the bedroom. You know, you, you have to be careful with those things, don't you, Martin? So yeah. um, she came up so far and then I said, right, so I opened the door and there's a bloke sat on the bed. So I said, oh, I said, what are you doing? You know, I said, what are you doing all this for? I said, you're scaring the life out of this out of, out of out of this lady. And I was speaking so she could hear me, so she knows I'm doing something. All he said was, again, in a broad Scottish accent, they, she doesn't listen to me. The family are picking on it. It's always doing this. They're not listening to it. I've told her to stop it. Tell them to sod off, you know, do all of this. And I told her that. She goes, yeah, well, the family are always picking on me. I said, well, I said, is that why you moved? Well, well partly. I said, well granddad here that's who he is i described him she goes oh my god that's my granddad i said yeah he just wants you to tell the family to back off and leave you alone sort their own rubbish out you know and since it's it's sorted it's gone and at times spirit will make it clear enough not the intent of flight but i do feel here you can chuck the odd ashtray on the floor you can knock a glass over you can slam doors depending on your upbringing, whether you, whether you contact a church for a priest or a vicar, or whether you contact a medium. And I do feel it got to a point where she contacted the medium, finally, and therefore the information gets through. She can then say to the family, you need to back off. Problem sorted. Message got message got through, you know. It, it, seem, it seems quite a strong reaction for Spirit to do that, though. I mean, is that down to the gentleman as well? Being, I, being yeah. quite forthright as well because yeah. that's not that's highly unusual isn't it that some it, that yeah. spirit would go to that I mean, length because you're looking at there being fright caused and likely she was thinking it was a me it was a demon or that sort of thing but he's been telling her for he's been trying to tell her for a long time you know she's she's moved from one area to a totally different area trying to get away from family uh, or trying to distance herself from family and yet it's still going on, so she's not actioned it. You know, she's it's fine moving, but you know you can move the other side of the world, and they'll still get to you on your emails, your phone, Skype, WhatsApp, whatever. Yeah, but she wasn't telling them to back off, to leave her alone, get mm-hmm. their own be sorted out. So uh, it had to build up to a certain point. Yeah, that it happened this way, and therefore we get to the point of the matter. The issue then can be looked at. You need to stand back for me. Lead to let, lead to let me get on with my stuff. You get on with yours. Please leave me. Please leave me alone. Uh, and then take it. And then take it from there. So it's been building up. It's not just sort of a person doesn't look evil. They don't have red eyes or you know word evil on their forehead, do they? But uh, I do feel there was probably a sense where the the sort of the generalistic sort of thing, you know, would have a drunk, you know, Scottish do. And again, I mean, no offence to Scottish people. And uh, so he wanted to point, he wanted to put the point through. Nobody was hurt, frightened a little bit, yes, but nobody was hurt. There was nothing thrown at anybody. There was no, you know, apart from some scrapes down the wall, which could be a little bit of plaster maybe. And that's it. You know what I mean? But the problem solved. Never heard from her. Never heard from her again. She said thank you. Everything's there. She went back. You know, she was she was out on the front garden. The, the door was open. Her cat was out. It was raining, and I and I walked away. And made sure she okay. And she went back up. To, she went back up to bed quite easily. You know. Excellent. Now it's 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 strange because I think that's where we get this. Uh, well, not we, not us personally, but it, it's a lot of the misconceptions happen that when people hear cases like that because you could have rewritten that as you know there was an intense scottish man you know kind of poltergeist evil scottish man haunting yeah. her it, it could have been you know there could have been the whole 
case could have been viewed completely differently if a paranormal team went in and then next minute she'd be hired out if you the house would be hired out yeah i was thinking that it'd be as a 50 east drive or whatever in (laughs) bunkers right but but it's it's strange i mean i i mean a lot of when i first started investigating was sort of private cases and i i don't really do them no more because i'm more interested in the research you know i've done the ghost and so visited amazing haunted locations and definitely got plans to go back again with yourself to uh, to locations but I, I don't really get involved too much in private investigations anymore if if i did hear of a case and people were suffering then yes i would but uh, i always remember one of the first ever cases i ever investigated and it's probably one that stuck with me you know what it's stayed with me all my life it yeah. is um where i lived in a place called Firth Park in Sheffield and I, and to be honest I'll, I'll be I'll put my hands up now Do you know I I was in I, I had ghost experiences when I was younger I was I was interested in the paranormal Ghostbusters came out and me and my friends thought we were Ghostbusters Do you know we <laughs> so for three years we were trying to investigate cases in our local area we did research we went to haunted places and and that sort of thing and when I got to 16 um, my parents said, you know, hesitantly allowed me to start putting postcards up because this is what you have to do. You had to go to a news agent and put in a post a postcard up. Have you seen a ghost? You know that sort of thing. So I think mine said something like, "Have you seen a ghost?" or "Is your house haunted?" Uh, we'd love to hear from you, sort of thing. I had a phone call and this woman said, "I live on Oaksfold, uh, Oaksfold, uh, which is a very old road." Uh, at the back of Concord Sports Centre, and uh, I, I think I've got a ghost. So I thought, well, that sounds all right. You know, I think I'll go over. So yeah. unfortunately, my friend Simon couldn't make it that night, and, and it was really strange. Anyway, I got to the house, and it was a lovely kind of cottage. Um, it dated back, um, I, I, way, way back, pre-1700, definitely, because it was on the maps then. So it was definitely an old house. And because I always started with a history first, I always looked into the history before going there. She invited me in. She said, oh, would you like a cup of tea? I said, oh, yes, please. And she said, oh, you sit down. She said, yeah, I've got the tea here. She poured it at me and she and she put it on, on the table in front of me. And then as she put it down, she sat down it lifted up and it smashed against the wall. And it was like, wow, OK. And it's that piece of evidence because 100 percent, this little old woman who then told me about the ghosts that she'd experienced in the house and that's there's no way on earth she could have tricked me or done anything with me she just poured me a steaming cup of tea out of the teapot put it down she sat down she was at least four feet away from it and it it lifted up and then smashed against the wall it didn't go straight to the wall and the wall was a good seven seven feet away and uh, and and i was like wow so you know it's hard really that when skeptics go uh oh i don't believe in ghosts so all ghosts have explanation there is no blooming explanation for what i experienced there or well it's paranormal yeah yeah absolutely and or, or some of the stuff we investigated and and the experiences we had in 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 our events but uh it, it's strange I, I there's a lot of skeptics out there and it's the in thing i think to be skeptical and 
try to rule out everything and oh that can be explained by fear that's the big key one at the moment is uh, yeah. when you are in a fearsome state you will hallucinate you will have this and that's a big key one now i had no fear there i was going to interview a woman there was i completely can rule that out and my biggest issue is with all of the skeptics and that sort of thing is if you're not there when paranormal real paranormal activity happens then you can't really rule it out because that's the issue is is that most of these skeptics are not ghost hunting are not doing stuff like this the people who write the papers the the, the noisiest skeptics out there they are not out there doing the work the field work and that's the issue i have where we were out there all the time i'm sure it gave you a greater insight in how the human psyche operates not only with you know noises that could be explained but also when you know really weird stuff did happen or manifestations or anything yeah. and and i think i i'll be honest with you i, I think people like myself and, and you ian have a greater insight into what the paranormal is actually about than many of the skeptics that who have written scientific papers over the last 20 years absolutely yeah. oh, convinced of it yeah it is but i know you because the, the thing is you know my guide william bless him he always says to observe and not impact with a added another valuable uh, of oh it's rubbish or it's genuine you know it's because if you if it all yes it's going to happen it's like that thing with the torch you know I, I yeah can you shine the torch you know when you got it in two pieces oh yes there's spirit and then the other 92 times you've asked when it's not happened doesn't matter when the one that does that's like the ghost box is um there was i think it was um a paranormal group called otherworld northeast which are really really good uh I, they're not so active nowadays but uh they recorded some ghost box sessions with a number of members and then afterwards said, what do you think to it? Uh, do you think ghost box is real or not? And they went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. And then they went back through the footage again. And I think they asked 92 questions and only eight, eight matched up. But it was those eight that people remembered. They completely forgot about you know <laughs> this, the uh, 80, uh, 83 or so or whatever um, that that made no sense at all but that that's the thing is it, when you do experience real paranormal t activity and there is real paranormal activity Definitely. there is ghost activity and there is spirit activity uh it's an amazing thing that does defy explanation and and i'd say even though i'm mediumistic i still cannot fully explain a hundred percent what's going off but I think I think I have a very, very close idea, but I don't think I have a full idea. And I mean, how do you say I mean, I mean, you're very strong spiritual beliefs from a spiritualist background, but there's still things must be kind of you must be questioning. Do you think? Well, I do. I uh, I I almost I always question because somebody might come up or oh, have you thought about that? I thought I've never even heard of that. Can you tell me more? And then if it if it changes the parameters of what I believe, then it changes the parameters. I don't think, oh no, I've never heard of it, so it's rubbish. I like to under to like to under to understand it and then think, oh no, because you're looking at that, you're looking at this point of view. So I still like to count it in because you no, know, you can't know everything. I'm interested in, you know, the 
different dimension, you know, spirit world, this world, how they interact, how the, you know, the rules of science, E equals MC squared, does not impact over to the spirit side of life. So how can they interact in ours? You know, I like to know what's causing it there. I look at the uh, the quantum thing and I can hear all the skeptics going, oh, not that rubbish approach again. <laughs> when, you, when you look at it, you know, like a solid wooden door, it's not solid because if you look at a room that's say 15 by 15 and you drew you imagined an atom being being encompassed in all that room the solid matter is still only about a pinhead or less than so how is the room solid how is the door solid but in our world it has to be you know so is it the rules of our of our science souls everything to everything, everything together and not the and not the spirit world we've all read cases you know where it's a case of uh, heavy objects being moved going through walls we've had many a time we've had coins coins drop from the roof and people are uh, bloody amazed they're thinking i just saw that two pence piece through fall through the ceiling and hit the floor it was not solid coming through the ceiling but it was solid when it hit, when it hit the floor you know what the hell's going on so what else is going there if it's not at an atomic level? I totally agree with you. I mean, that's always been the biggest thing for me is and, and it is that how can the non-physical interact with the physical? And and you made some really good points in there. And I, I, I mean, I, I think I've told you before, I experienced uh, at first hand, I experienced uh, an airport. Um, in fact, I've, I've experienced a number of airports, but this really stands out. And it was an angel uh, figurine that moved and, and when I went to touch it I, I burnt my fingers and, oh, yeah. and and it had also melted the poly, cheap polyester carpet as well I, it was red red hot and there was no fire on there was nothing it was the room was closed off and it went from the mantelpiece into the middle of the room and it was stood up it still stood up in the per so it hadn't fallen off or anything like that and it was red hot that thing so I, I know there was something happened there, something scientific, I suppose you want to say, happened there, that there was some fluctuation in our reality as we know it. And I think that's what always gets me is is that there is there's something we're not seeing or there's something. Because don't forget, you know, 150 years ago, we were still in carts and horses. We had no idea what was happening in this yeah. world. Do you know, we're, we're still only a pinhead in the knowledge that we've got to gain yet um there's a huge amount of knowledge to come yet and even this last week they found how atoms react is is very different they think they've found a different uh kind of behavior of how atoms kind of uh settle back down that's uh that there's an overriding factor to it so we're finding that actually atoms and shall we say, the DNA of how our universe is, verse yeah. is constructed yeah. is not how we imagine. We don't even know what dark matter is. And secondly, we don't even know if dark matter actually exists. The other thing we know is there's some big areas in, in, in the universe where there's nothing. The way they're getting around it, sorry, Martin, the way they're getting around it, sorry, that's my cat, the way we are getting around it uh, or science is getting around the black matter is something's causing a reaction to the normal matter so we can't see anything so maybe that's why they called it dark matter so but something that you know that's how they knew when there was planets going down the star because there's a wobble so mm. they're looking at it from that and thinking well you know hang on a minute there's something causing a reaction with what is it you know so they know something's there but not what and the same can be with uh, 
spirit, you know, um, the Faraday cages, having the sort of situation whereby a musical instrument, you know, whether it be an accordion to violin, is still playing inside a Faraday cage where nothing should be able to, to, to impact on it. What is causing it? No, no, I mean, this is it. This is why I think living in this era is it's exciting and, and we're, we're finding out. It, it, it's always interested me about, uh, I've read a lot of sceptical papers recently and there's been quite a few and it just amazes me that they're trying to pin down the paranormal on one explanation. The recent one, as I say, is, is fear. Because of fear, we interpret situations as being paranormal but i've investigated hundreds of witnesses and there's no fear there's no yes there can be misidentifications yes there can be you know kind of uh, misunderstandings of what something's happened or if it whether it did or not but you cannot pin down the paranormal onto nope. one thing and you know I, I think both of our points of view is you have to look at the bigger picture and and even as trainee mediums or as mediums you've got to keep that mind open you really do and uh, and that's why you know when we're very happy that people ask us questions i never tire of writing you know kind of replying back to people who write on our study forum or people have got a question i'm happy to you know provide a very open answer and i know you are as well ian is that we you know questions are great and some of the questions make you think about it as well we had some great questions this week and and i think it's one of the things where if it gets yourself thinking and reevaluating as well that's great and we've learned lots from our students and our students say that they've learned a lot from us and i hope everybody's enjoying our podcasts as well yeah so um right we better it's been 40 minutes Ian, so we better uh start winding up but um been a good chat about talking about cases and stuff because i think that's one thing that most people don't realize is that we we have you know kind of been to play people's houses and and been asked to investigate or try and work out what was happening well thank you everybody i hope you enjoyed uh, this podcast and uh, if you can uh, uh, if you want to buy us a coffee that helps support our podcast and all of our free content that we put out there and uh, if you can also leave us a review we've got 115 reviews on our podcast at the moment which is yeah thank you folks yeah it's really good so thank you everybody and thank you ian and this has been mediums in action bye bye bye